Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. A new film is launching today that has a lot of heart. It's online, it's free, and it's about dads who have children on the autism spectrum. The film is made by Autism Awareness Australia, and founding director Nicole Rogerson is with us in the studio. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Featuring in the film is Ian Rogerson. Ian is a media broadcaster and also happens to be Nicole's husband. Welcome, Ian. How are you? Hello. Before we get into the film itself, Nicole, Autism Awareness Australia is an organisation that you founded, but it's also really close to your heart, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, obviously um, I started Autism Awareness purely because um, I had an interest in autism and that is because Ian and I have a son with autism who's now 22. So we've been in this field for a lot of years. I will say this is the first time we've ever found a project that we worked on together uh, as a couple, but um, we lasted and we're still married (laughs) at the moment. moment. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, Ian, having a son on the spectrum changed the way you looked at your career as well, didn't it? Yeah, uh, well, I, it changed the way I looked at life all over, uh, not just the career. I, I think it's, suddenly you have a real problem um, that you've got to deal with, and it's 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 something that is indeterminate. It's it's something that is, is ephemeral in a way. You're not really sure what's going to work at the time. Over the years, we've slowly put it together. Um, but all you can do is, is keep moving forward and hope you're actually going to come out on top. And we touch wood, we've been lucky. This is a simple film in many ways. Nicole, why did you want to produce a film that speaks directly to dads? Great question. And I'm going to be really making horrible gender characterizations here, so I apologize for who this offends. But in my experience in autism, both through autism awareness and and running a center, I found that whenever we put on events, workshops, community things, 95% of the people that came along were women. And I felt like women, from the time our babies are born, we have all of these formal and informal structures that we can get support, whether it be mother's groups or through the schools and daycares. We're really good at sharing and getting support. Um, men just weren't turning up to these things. And it felt like, how do we get the message across to dads that being an autism dad is not the end of the earth, um, but there are some challenges you're going to go through. And the best way to do that is to tell stories. So I got together a group of fantastic dads and put together a short documentary because they might not come to workshops, but they, apparently they will watch YouTube. <laughs> They'll watch other dads. They'll watch other dads. I mean, Ian, in your experience, you've been very vocal about your experience mm. with your son. Mm. But in your experience, have you found that dads uh, find it difficult to talk about their children if they're on the spectrum or just difficult to talk about what they're going through? Well, I, it, it, unfortunately, it goes back to that old John Wayne idea, the strong, silent type, you know, just suck it up. You're, you've got to be the rock. You've got to be the tough guy. You know, you, everything's going to be fine. You've got to look like you're the centre and, and everything's revolving around you as far as, as people are going to be worrying. You've got to look like you've got your act together. And that's what guys do. And I, I think the best thing about this movie is is men like to watch other men when they've got... It's like, you know, a YouTube thing on how to build a cabinet. 
We get that. <laughs> it's how we do things. We don't necessarily always talk it out, but we like to see how it can be done. And I think that's the best thing as a, as a man watching this is that I get to see other, other men who've actually been through it and you get tips and, and also a, an idea that maybe it's not this deep, dark hole I'm going into, but it could actually be something fantastic. Uh, and it can be uh, weathered. You know, you can actually get through this all right. And if anything, it's probably going to add to your life. And I guess that's the message I, I wanted to get across. And I think most of the other dads wanted to do that as well. Which definitely comes out in the film. But what I found interesting was the section titled Bad Days. <laughs> Nicole, why is it important to include that? We mentioned Ian was talking about how you, you also want, you want them dads and families to feel like this can be a positive experience too. Why include bad days? In yeah, that? great question. And you have to remember, in order to genuinely cover what autism is, is really difficult because it is a spectrum and it comes uh, in many different facets. And for some kids, they're very gifted with a very high IQ. Um, for others, there's a severe lifelong disability. So it's really hard to talk about autism as if it's one thing. We want to, and of course at Autism Awareness Australia, we want to celebrate individuals with autism and what they can do and help them reach their full potential. But, and this is a really big but, it would be disingenuous to pretend that this doesn't affect families in really challenging ways. I hope the film says, yeah, there are challenges, but here are some ways you can get through it. Here are some strategies. Here's the, here's the hope at the end. But we'd, be, we'd really be just be lying if we didn't show um, the deeper end. And I think one of our dads refers to it as, you know, more than a spoonful of autism. Some people get more than a spoonful of autism, and we wanted to make sure those families were represented too. I think you've got to make it real, and that's how you make it real. People can suss out pretty quickly if you're just gilding the lily, so to speak. And, and, you know, I, I think it, that honesty is, is one thing that really shines through. One dad says that one of the first things he was told was that most, rela- most relationships end in divorce after an autism diagnosis. Uh, have you seen a lot of that in your work, Nicole? And also, you just mentioned before you came on air, you've been married for 25 years. So how, <laughs> and your son's 22. So you've, you've navigated those waters. Um, how common is it and how have you guys made it last? I always make a joke that um, we were just too bloody busy to get divorced. Um, <laughs> it's hard work, this parenting. Could never get the printer to work. We? <laughs> we meant to. Um, look, I, I think it's really hard. Statistically, yes. Um, families with not children with autism, it's not necessarily the autism to blame, but children with disabilities, children with additional needs. Yeah, those families are under added pressures. And if, um, if you didn't have a marriage that was strong enough in the beginning, something like this can break it. But... I think some of the dads in the film, uh, certainly some of the older dads who have been Ian and I's long-time friends, I mean, those marriages are strong. And they once you have been through something like this together, there's not a lot of breaking that. You've got a, a shared experience, which um, is hard to describe. Well, I, I, the other side of that coin is that certainly it's like, you know, it's hard to keep a long-term relationship together as it is. You know, uh, throw autism into the mix, it puts a hell of a lot of pressure on both uh, both partners but but I think the thing is the people who have been divorced on the other side of this they still can't get away from the fact they've got that child together 
Um, and so even if they're divorced or not, um, they've still got that shared responsibility. And over the years, strangely enough, that brings them together. Not not back together as a couple, but they've got a real shared thing. They are parents. You can't get away from that. You can't. You can divorce the wife. You can't <laughs> divorce your kids. I they're always going to be there. Someone's done it in the States, haven't they? Well, I think <laughs> the kids sure. were trying to get rid yeah. of them, weren't they? I, I think also, too, for those watching the film, um, surprisingly, not all of those dads are married with a wife. We chose not to go into those stories because it wasn't a story about divorce. But not all of them were married uh, and happy. There were some stories there, but that's not what the focus was. The focus was on let's discuss fatherhood with a twist. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Nicole Rogerson, founding director of Autism Awareness Australia, and Ian Rogerson, media broadcaster. We're talking about a film for dads with children on the spectrum. It's been launched today. Uh, it's free. It's available on the net. We'll put a link to it on our website. Um, Ian, talking about focusing on fatherhood Mm -hmm. and um, when you have a child on the spectrum, I'm also going to throw out a very broad generalisation here, but something that I heard um, through friends who had experience with children on the spectrum, and um, some found that in the couples, they found it that the mother accepted the diagnosis well before the father, and sometimes that was about the fact the mother was with the child more often and saw Mm. the um, impact of the diagnosis. Sometimes it was that the father took it really personally, like it was a sign that there was something wrong with them, that they had a child on the spectrum. Mm. I'm wondering if you've had any experience with men who found that experience, that they lag behind their partners. I don't think it's a male thing. I actually think, uh, you know, we used to always have this this line, queen of denial, or king of denial. Uh, it, it, it's a hard thing for a, a parent. You've gone through the, the baby thing and think, this is glorious, how fantastic it's going. I can see how this is going. It's going to be magic, everything. And then you realize just having a baby is really difficult. And then when you suddenly realize after a period of time there's real problems with that baby as well, you can try and, you know, you'll have relatives saying, oh, oh, you know, Tarquin didn't talk until they were 35. You know, you'll be right. <laughs> and he's now Prime Minister. Yeah, and he's so. now Prime Minister. It'll all be sweet. And then, you know, there's a lot of reasons why you don't want to immediately say, okay, you know, let's deal with this head on. Um, it takes a process of time. And also it takes a really long time to get a diagnosis as well sometimes. You know, sometimes somebody could be a little bit delayed or need a bit of speech therapy or music therapy might be good here. Brushing <laughs> Which, therapy. Well, look, we've been oh, through the whole gamut. And then sooner or later you've got a real problem you've got to deal with it, you know, one way or another. Seek out professional help, you know, and, and put a lot of work in. Um, but I think, yeah, sure, certainly men would be going, oh, this is, you know, I haven't got somebody. I thought Matt Rogers said it fantastic in the movie. I was just caring whether or not he wanted to play footy. Uh, um, so I, I, I think it's it, it's it's one of those things that you you will put it off, but sooner or later you've got to got to sort of come to grips with the situation. Hopefully, that's also what this movie will do. Uh, probably make a, a lot of of dads out there suddenly go, "Hang on, okay, right. I I see that all these other dads are showing me the fact that you got to deal with it, and one foot in front of the other, and then you can fix it." 
I, I think too. In, it depends on relationships. But in Ian and I's case, we were equal opportunity idiots. Mm. Like blind man Freddie could have seen when uh, Jack was two that he was going to be diagnosed with autism, but we just didn't see it. We didn't have children. We didn't have a lot of children in our family. We weren't comparing him to any other child. We used to make every excuse in the book. We'd say, "Oh, he doesn't talk because we talk too much," and um, he doesn't really look at anybody because he's like a total genius and he's really <laughs> focused on yeah. what he's doing right now. Mm. So everybody else knew before we knew. Um, in other families, I hear other stories where. It's either the mother or the father, they get it, they see the signs really early and they can't make anyone hear them. So there's different experiences. I guess I guess my one takeaway is if you're listening to this and your child's development is a little unusual, that doesn't mean you panic and assume it's autism and everything is doom and gloom. But denying something doesn't make it go away. And in my experience, for children who might be the, oh, just a whiff of autism or there's a bit of a developmental delay, those kids will respond really well to early intervention. So get cracking, get your child the help they need. If it doesn't turn out to be autism, well, good for you. Get on with life. But you won't have lost those really key important years when children are very young. And I'm talking from sort of 18 months to two years. I have to ask you about Greg Rafferty, because apart from you, Ian, oh, no. he was my favourite. <laughs> what an incredible man. Uh, I don't know if I'm quoting him right here, but he had me when he said something about having a rainbow up the bum. Okay. Struck up the ass by a rainbow. That's what he said about falling in love with his partner. So that that just, he had me at that. But he's such an incredible, um, interesting man. Where did you find him and what's his story? Well, it's a great story, actually. And, and this is if one takeaway from autism. Ian and I always say autism gave us a hell of a lot more than it ever took from us. And it gave us people like the Rafferty's. And uh, so there couldn't be more opposite. So here's Ian and I, very urban Sydney sort of people. Uh, and here's the Rafferty's who live five hours west of Sydney, in right smack in the middle of New South Wales running this massive property. And the reason we came together is because their son and our son are a similar age and um, there's not a lot of help out there in western New South Wales. In actual fact, there's nobody there to assist. So uh, we met them when they drove to Sydney to come and, like us, get early intervention for their kids. It's just we were driving 45 minutes to get it and they were driving five hours to get it. So uh, Wendy, Greg's wife, actually moved to Sydney and Greg ran that farm Every Thursday afternoon when the farm was finished, he'd drive down to Sydney the five hours. He'd spend the Friday, Saturday, and on a Sunday afternoon, he'd drive home and keep running that farm. And they have done that for the better part of about 17 years. So to say they are genuine, amazing parents um, with so much love, with a son with a significant disability, they are just some of the best humans we knew. So when it came to choosing dads, it was a fairly easy call. Yeah. And and you've got a really broad spectrum of dads as well Mm. from, it looks like not just all walks of life, but different professions. Ian, in your experience, how important is it to have someone like Matt Rogers come and speak? Oh, I think it's really important. I, you know, I, I personally, you know, I had I have nothing to do with sport. I'm the <laughs> least. Ian didn't know who Matt Rogers was, the by the way. I knew he was, he was something to do I. something to do with football. I think that's because he had tattoos on his arm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But but seriously, I mean, the you know. Sport is a big thing for men, and it's a big thing for women as well, too. You know, uh, but but having someone like Matt, and and the the other thing about Matt is he's so articulate and so good at telling his story, and so believable as well. 
Um, and, and so it was just a natural fit. And I think that kind of thing, it is all walks of life. It's the optometrist. It's the farmer. It's the football player. It's the brain surgeon. You know, Incredible. It, it is, you know, so. And different ages and different, different, ages. different cultural backgrounds. I mean, if I'm, I've got one shot of these guys looking at this documentary, I want to make sure that every Australian male that chooses to have a look at it feels like they, they you know, They're relate included. to some of mm. somebody in this film. So different ages, different parts of Australia, different stories. It's the story of fatherhood, and it, it, it's not just in one white little package. It's brilliant. It's, it is a really great film. It's not that long. It's 36 30, minutes. 36 minutes. <laughs> your partner, you can watch it in your lunch break. Nicole, Ian, thank you so much oh, for coming thank you in. for having thank us. Thank you for having us. That's Nicole Rogerson, founding director of Autism Awareness Australia, and Ian Rogerson, media broadcaster, who features in the film Dad, a film about autism and fatherhood. It's online and we'll put links to it on our website. Head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.